Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday service held on February the 5th, 2023. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. Welcome to our service. Uh, we're celebrating Candlemas, uh, which is a celebration of uh, presentation of Christ at the temple um, to celebrate him being a light to Israel, but also a light to the, the nations. Um, and in the uh, Catholic tradition and all around the world, people bring their candles from home, get them blessed in church, and take them home. And it's often a symbol of uh, protection, protection for you at home uh, and for families and prosperity, uh, but we're doing it in a reverse way. You've all got a candle and, and we're going to uh, light them early on in the service uh, as we sing Deus uh, de Deo Lumens de Lumine, as the music group sing that, and then keep them lit for the opening song and the collect, and then we'll blow them out. Um, and you can take them home and have candles at home. I'm hoping those at home have got some candles uh, ready. Yeah, look at that. They've done their homework, or some of them have done their homework, which is great. So let us pray. The light has come and has shone upon a world enveloped in shadows. The dayspring has visited us and given light to those who lived in darkness. This, then, is our Candlemas feast. We gather with lighted candles as a sign of our intention to reveal the light through this year ahead, the light that has shone upon us and the glory that is yet to come to us. Through Jesus Christ, amen.
Lord of Light, we ask for your blessing on these candles in church and all the candles lit in, lit in the homes of those listening and here with us. Daring to open to God each other and ourselves, we offer in silence the gift of our woundedness and we acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourself and to each other. May all that is unfree in you be released. And may you blossom into a future graced with love. gospel today is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will piece your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher, She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. 
She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their, town of, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. This, this is the gospel of Christ, good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ. Four years ago at Candlemas 2019, I went home with my candle, as you will be invited to do later. And I promised myself that I would take a year to decide if St. James was the place I was going to settle. In Candlemas 2020 came round, and I was just about deciding that it might be, although I wasn't sure, and then COVID rolled in. St. James on Zoom was the single biggest gift of COVID to me because in the 30 years before this, I had already lived social isolation, being housebound for months at a time through illness, using a wheelchair or a mobility scooter for years. No school, no job, no cafes. Like us in COVID, no trips to the hairdresser, no church, no socialising, missing family events and very few choices. So that first Sunday on Zoom, when everyone else joined me in my world, was deeply affecting. Isn't that always the same with suffering? That when others get it, or a glimpse of it, when someone, or a community, or God says, I'm with you, you're welcome, I'll join you where you are, you're lovable, just as you are. You belong. This brings such important healing. This candle mass, I somehow find myself standing here. My ability to walk and to work has increased. I drive a car, I even ride a bike to church. <laughs> I go on holiday. I have panic attacks. I'm in therapy. I sometimes choose to stay at home on Zoom on Sunday. I'm falling in love with St. James and I'm delighted by that and anxious about it. Old patterns play out and new freedoms emerge. And for me, this is healing. If you'd like to put one of the first slides up, Geoffrey, thank you. For about, 90, for about 10 years from, from 1993, I was a patient at this beautiful hospital for two, three, four weeks at a time, several times a year for several years. It's a place called Burrswood, a Christian hospital and place of healing in Kent. It had been set up in the 1940s by Dorothy Kerrin, who received a miraculous physical healing and a call from God to heal the sick, comfort the sorrowing, and give faith to the faithless. Burrswood became a 35-bed hospital with outpatient services and a church. It uniquely wove multidisciplinary approach to healing alongside prayer. There were doctors and nurses, a physio as well as counsellors and chaplains, a team of volunteers and on-site staff. 
Among, amongst post-op and palliative and respite care, they specialised in illnesses which the NHS neither had time or resources or a model of holistic care to cater for. And as in my own illness, which was characterised by extreme fatigue and life-altering anxiety, illnesses for any of us are never one-dimensional and they might have elements of both disease and dis-ease. And at Burrswood, there was time and love to gently unpack what was going on for me and together find a way forward. Their daily services and weekly healing services introduced me to Anglican liturgy and to the God who helped me hold together hope with shattering limitation and loss and disconnection. Here's the breakthrough cross on the roof of the church at Burrswood. It's welded together from bits of aluminium and scrap metal. And it represents God holding together all the broken and twisted parts of ourselves and our world. It signifies that the only way through suffering, we're not often rescued from it, is to go through the middle of it. Christ stands with us right in the middle of our chaos and our suffering, not asking us to go under it or round it or over it. We go through it as Christ went through Gethsemane and plumbed all the hells we can experience until we come to our own new life. In our Lent groups this year, whoops, back again. <laughs> We're going to be looking at some material produced by the Guild of Health and St. Raphael, Everyday Healing, and I've added Flourishing Lives. On their course booklet, there's an image of a bowl mended through the Japanese art of kintsuki, or golden repair, where broken ceramics are repaired with lacquer mixed with precious metals, restoring a bowl or a cup to wholeness while highlighting rather than masking the fractures. Like this bowl, true and beautiful healing can leave us with scars. Jesus had some. Some scars for us are visible and others are not. Objects repaired by the Kintsuki masters are often particularly beautiful and they trace a history of traumatic destruction and resurrection in a new form. Of course, it might be easy to slip into this image as a poetic way to sanitize healing or spiritualize pain too quickly. When we forget the time and the cost of the process, we might think that transformation happens quickly and easily to order. Healing can be a lonely road. When we must not, we must not rush people into healing or give any sense of blame when getting better, particularly from emotional or spiritual pain, doesn't fit our agenda and our time. God is good, brackets, God's love is with us. Whether the healing we desire has come in the way or the time that we think it should or not. We have a God who meets people where they are and leads them forward in huge compassion even when it takes years. 
It's not the product. It's the process that is healing and transformation. I wonder how you feel about your cracked and broken places. How do you tend your wounds? What do you need now? Let's take a moment to breathe. How do you tend your wounds? And what do you need? One word which is sometimes associated with healing or change in the Christian tradition is metanoia. Usually translated in Christianity as repentance or turning around, it actually comes from the Greek metanoia, which means go beyond the mind or go into the larger mind. And this doesn't mean zone out, go beyond the mind, man, nor does it really mean going beyond the mind into the feelings. It means going to a larger whole, a larger mind. Other traditions might call this a different kind of consciousness or in the way of the mystics, a different way of seeing. And in our Corinthians reading today, taking on the mind of Christ. This is a whole new kind of wisdom way and a new perceiving and being with and responding. One that sees wholeness from a sense of wholeness, even when there are challenges, because our wholeness is based on something much deeper than whether we're well or ill. When we can see illness from this place, we become far less concerned about cure or getting rid of the thing that's wrong with us and much more willing to walk the journey, listening deeply to the story that needs to be heard and coming alongside with love. And then, like the prophets that we've been exploring these last weeks, or like the catawampus cat from last week, finding a new voice that points to a different way for those around us. What are you most likely when are you most likely to catch a glimpse of a larger mind, the mind of Christ? And what might the gift of this be to your life? Let's pause for a moment. At the core of our most wounded and suffering places, there is a profound medicine to be found which can take us on the path to this wisdom, healing with and through a larger mind. One of my favorite quotes from Cynthia Bourgeau is, wisdom is not knowing more, it's knowing with more of you, knowing deeper. Wisdom is not knowing more, it's knowing with more of you and knowing deeper. And our wounds can be a doorway to that deeper knowing, doorways of initiation into these deeper places, to the wisdom of the spirit, fullness of life, becoming the person I was created to be. The glory of God is a human being fully alive, healing and flourishing. In order to discover the, the medicine, the wound needs perhaps counterintuitively to open. Our deeper healing requires that a wound discloses itself 
allowing the spirit to come in and touch places in our lives that reveal our pain and our deepest healing, allowing ourselves to be transformed. Sometimes by walking right through the fire until we know for sure that the beautiful core of ourself cannot be destroyed, even by suffering, even by death. The wound is not an obstacle to get over, but is the very path itself, if we're ready. The path is made by walking. I hope you'll think about walking a little more in this healing journey and joining one of the five Lent groups that begin towards the end of the month to explore how the healing ministry is helping people to tend their wounds and to flourish. Some healing approaches focus on a symptom or a problem and aim to make it go away. But this is not the Christian healing ministry, or at least not all that it could be. Six of us here from St. James who took part in this course last summer were struck by how much we all need healing, that it's not us and them, but also that we're all healers. Every one of us can be part of bringing healing and flourishing to others here between us and in our community. We moved past our psalm earlier, so we're going to have a song on the screen and let it be a kind of psalm, an expression of your prayer, whatever is staying with you from today's service. As our reading said, we're not taught by human wisdom. We're taught ultimately by spirit. What might the spirit be showing you as you listen? to be but in a collector 
is mine All of these jagged lines Make me more beautiful And worth a much higher price I'm like one of those Japanese boys I was made long ago I have some cracks You can see See how they shine Of So in a time of uh, quiet and reflection, uh, closing our eyes perhaps, and if you want to <clears throat> hold yourself, just put your arms as you would cross your arms, you can just, you don't have to, but if you want to, just, it's rather a nice feeling, tell yourself, I'm safe and I'm loved. I'm safe and loved. Now I'd like to try a tree prayer today. Um, there are lots of trees in the Bible. There's trees at the very beginning. The tree of knowledge and the tree of life. There's the tree of the cross. And then in Revelation there's again the tree of life in the midst of, of the city. Straddling the river. And it says of this tree that it bears 12 kinds of fruit and that the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So I'd like if you want to respond when I say and the leaves of the tree you just say out loud or inside are for the healing of the nations. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So we bring our own pain, our loneliness, our sickness, our sorrow, our shame and guilt and our sin. And we can bring them all to the tree. We can bring our programming, our prejudices. And there's no shock or surprise. It's all safe and private. And we can bring these to the tree And the tree takes them in like, like trees take in CO2 and produce oxygen. The tree of life takes in everything that we are, the good and the bad, the pain and the thanksgiving, and turns it all into something wonderful, into gold. So in our minds, we can bring everything to that tree now in a moment of silence. And tomorrow there will be a wonderful new crop of leaves. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations.
and the sorrow and suffering around us every day, right here in the church, and among the people we know, our family, our friends. So we can bring those people that we're aware of, we can bring them to the tree, knowing that something there will be healing for them. So we can just bring those people now in our minds in a moment of silence. And tomorrow or someday soon there will be a new crop of leaves and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So we can pick something local that we feel strongly about or that we're aware of in this part of Edinburgh or in this country of Scotland can bring things in the wider country in the United Kingdom in Europe and the wider world things that we are aware of that touch our hearts particularly and there's power in bringing these things before God bringing them to the tree And tomorrow there will be a new crop of leaves and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And lastly we bring our tired planet the environment that we are such a part of out of which we came and to which we shall return. Again, issues that we care deeply about there's power in bringing those things before God. In the moment of silence, let's bring them to the tree to be transformed. And perhaps tomorrow there will be a new crop of leaves and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Living bread is broken for the life of the world. Broken things for broken people, holy things for holy people. Come, let us receive.
loving God, as we've come to your table to feed on you, we ask that you would make our cracks, our woundedness, our pain, that you would make them beautiful. And that we may see the beauty in them. And that we may see the beauty in one another's woundedness and pain. And that as we walk through that journey, you would give us life and healing. and flourishing. Amen.